Dr. Srinivas Chirauri, popularly known as CH, is a coach, mentor, and facilitates design of strategies and talent development to deliver business outcomes. As we prepare to delve into our conversation on the topic at hand, unlocking leadership brilliance, the path from manager to leader, here's an exciting twist. So we'll tickle the brain of our guest first. So CH, please get ready for a rapid fire round of random words. I'll mention a few and I would love to hear the first thing that comes to your mind in response without thinking much. Are you ready? Sure. Okay, let's dive in. And uh, here comes my first word is curious. It's unadulterated. Wow. Invention. New. Future. Canvas. Book. The Perspective. Movie. Frames. Food. Input. Place. History. Name. Brand. Animal. Life. And the last one is world. A stage. This is one of the finest responses that I've come across after starting this uh, first rapid fire round of random words. And I really appreciate you for participating so sportively. And those answers and the responses were quite spot on and quite intriguing. Thank you so much. No, thank you so much for also inviting me and thinking of me for this conversation. While I know you have many people available. <laughs> Pleasure to host you. It's been a long waiting, but finally we could make it. <laughs> okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, folks, welcome to the Guiding Voice podcast series, where we embark on transformative conversations for a better future. I'm your host, Navin Samala, dedicated to making the world a better place through valuable conversations and discussions that add value not only to your life, but also to your career. Thank you so much for tuning in. And CH, here comes my formal welcome note. Uh, hearty welcome to The Guiding Voice. Thank you so much for being part of our journey. It's indeed uh, an honor to have you on my show. I'm humbled. That's the only thing I can say. <laughs> so, pleasure to have you, sir. Let's uh, get started and uh, request you to share with our audience the top three things that have contributed to your success so far. Okay. So, one is um, learning agility. Mm-hmm. That's what I can think of. Second is uh, openness to change. And the third one is uh, being resilient, particularly because uh, what I thought I want to become, what I had to land into for academic. And then after being told that uh, you do, uh, I mean, I wanted to be an engineer. I couldn't become that. Then I wanted to become a maths professor because somebody told you, you would do fantastic as a maths professor. I didn't become that. I ended up in MA English. And all three are very different ones. That's why I talk about change. Yeah, That's a big deal for me. It's superb. Now let's dive into today's topic, one of my core interests. And I'm always fascinated when somebody talks about management versus leadership. That's why I thought uh, I would have uh, our audience listen directly from the horse's mouth, the person who is the uh, brand behind General Electric India's learning and development. And you have been a great uh, mentor, great coach, and a great facilitator. And I I would say you have shaped many leaders, right? So I thought that's why this is the apt topic for you. And let's uh, get into it. 
so can you define the key differences between a manager and a leader and why should we distinguish between the two roles okay uh, first of all uh, an understanding we need to have is no one stops being a manager and starts being a leader uh, they are both intertwined very well that's how you see a solid hold that organization would have when a manager also leads and a leader also manages that's how it needs to be having said that uh, the differences are a manager generally as the word goes manages things the resources and generally is an assigned title while ge- they also get into operationalizing strategy now having said that uh, a leader generally inspires people empowers people to make decisions and is not a title but grows through acceptance of people mm. and is a purpose driven visionary yeah who will create a culture why should we distinguish it what happens if you don't distinguish is when to play which role will be a big question if you don't and if you can't distinguish then probably the danger is you may end up under managing and over leading or under leading and over managing both are dangerous which by which i am coming back to my first statement that you need to manage sometimes you need to lead sometimes but it has to be a conscious choice is what i am saying if i am supposed to uh, inspire my team during a change time if i get into operational aspect of it let me tell you why you should do it and then let me show you how you do it people are not going to be excited about it they would definitely want to be inspired a lot of times people just simply put you know how to lose weight there is a dip management perspective to it there is a leadership perspective right yeah but uh, your food uh, intake cut carbohydrates etc run for so many that is all management issue leadership is when you do this what are few things that you will be able to accomplish in your life mm-hmm. how you would become an inspiration for somebody and how it will help you become the person you want to be is leadership that's how i look at it i know stupid answers and examples i keep giving but you need to no no i i, I love the metaphor because uh, this is something which anybody and everybody can relate to i i loved it as always and uh, in your experience what are the common challenges that prevent managers if i may call transition or maturing or graduating again as you said this management and leadership goes hand in hand and they are intertwined but sure. manager should be an effective leader as well but not well. everybody gets there right so what prevents them what prevents certain managers to become a, an efficient leader i think i mean like first of all when they move from an individual contributor to a manager itself that's a big struggle Uh, transitioning into a managerial role itself is a struggle for people because all through they would have succeeded by winning winning competing with others for want of a better word a lot of times beating others right not an appropriate culture though the definition of competition competition itself is very different uh, for a leader for a leader the competition is self nobody else but for an individual and contributor and managers a lot of times for them everybody other than they their team rest is all competition i think that's a big challenge yeah so the second thing they get into is for them doing things is more important so they are more execution focused 
and their ability to trust other people is generally low. When it is low, they struggle. I'm not saying all managers, but those managers who struggle, they could be struggling because of these. And they are generally very transactional in approach. They are interested. Okay, let's do this. Let's do that. But why are we doing it? What are we going to achieve by doing it? Is a big question one needs to answer. And also, last but not the least, their inability to inspire people is a problem. That's what uh, I think are challenges. And to give a specific example, I was once moved into a leadership role. And then I, I was rated the best in my earlier role and I got promoted. Six months later, I was told, uh, you are not seen where you should be seen. Uh, mm-hmm. You are very tactical. You are very operational. You are not strategic. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell does this mean? Because I nobody told me what is being strategic. Neither was I curious to find out. So I messed up myself. Mm-hmm. And I used to get into training rooms as my team members had problems. That's where I had to learn how to unlearn my old habits. I was doing well in my earlier role because I was facilitating. And that was the easiest thing. So I was jumping into it. Doing training was fascination. So I would get into it. But I was not supposed to sit down and do training. But I was supposed to get trainings in place for people. What would be the development strategy? I was not getting into that. So I had to find where I was becoming an obstacle for myself. So that's what I mean, an example of all the things that I talked about. Great. Amazing insights. And uh, GE, the company where we met, where we worked together, right, has a strong reputation for leadership development. And what strategies or programs have you seen that effectively help managers evolve into leaders? Okay. I think firstly, now I cannot comment on what is done or being done at GE. Right. Okay. As, as I'm no longer there. So yeah. it will be inappropriate to talk about them and neither if I were there also, I don't think I would have been a mouthpiece for them. Yeah. Having said that, it does not mean I do not have a view. Surely I do have a view. And let me make it generic because in the last one and a half years of being on my own, now I see more such companies that drive learning. Having said that, a lot of who I am goes to the development that I got through my years at General Electric. And some of the leaders at GE and now I see in other places also, they invest well in the development of oneself, mm-hmm. one's team mm-hmm. and one's organization. And what I found in this very forward-looking learning organization is they have programs, not just one workshop, which means, or they don't have just an intervention. It is not like one time done and dusted. So there are certain programs that are structured based on the needs of a role rather than on the hierarchy. And sometimes an individual may not have the title, yet is performing a role. So they are provided the input that is needed for that role. And many programs are there like change, innovation. Names could be, you know, very misleading. But what they are given is how do you find out about yourself? How do you understand teams? How to work in teams? How to collaborate? And in all these programs, they are less instructional and more experiential, which drive a lot of vulnerability so that they put themselves on the table, cut open, look at themselves in a very objective manner and in a humble manner except saying I am messing up. And then you have an opportunity. I mean, that's awareness. Then become conscious of how do I 
and when do I behave like this? And with whom do I behave like this? That's consciousness. Having got the awareness and consciousness, uh, now they need to become intentional about taking those actions. And few programs, they have a fantastic change program. They have, I mean, I facilitated some influencing without authority kind of programs. And we have done something around uh, for leaders. And then in all of these, I found leaders who have practiced like this have succeeded. I don't know if I answered your question, but... No, I got it. I, I got uh, nostalgic having been through those programs. It reminded me <laughs> and I was able to connect the dots. Awesome. Right. And um, as I, I started this conversation, let's. Uh, I was thinking like the importance of uh, emotional intelligence, taking a step back about um, leaders versus... So how do you think or how important is emotional intelligence in the journey from manager to leader and how can someone cultivate this emotional intelligence? Okay. I'm just thinking of the leaders I met with and some were my own direct leaders or managers. Across my career, I've seen individuals who grow into roles yet rarely behave to the standards of the Some of them, okay? Yeah. And they were they were sound technically, yet their ability to deal with teams, particularly when there are differences or in crisis, was a miss. Okay? Yeah. Now, this is theoretical. Let me, instead of talking about others, talk about myself. Many years ago, I was offered an additional role uh, to lead HR along with my learning role. And I was asked to, and a few months later, I was asked to hand over the role back to the new person who they hired. However, the business leader asked me to be accountable for a certain project that we started and then said, complete this and then hand it over a cleaner, hand over a cleaner slate or an organized slate to the new leader because the person is new and you don't want them to start uh, wondering about what happened. So, giving a clean slate for that person is better. I said, okay. In the process of doing that, what I figured out was I was unable to gain the trust and support of the new leader. I was not communicating the challenges to the business leader. And there were issues between the new person who came to take over the role and me. And even if I would go and tell the person, hey, for this role, I'll report into you, the person would not allow me to do. And the reporting I do was going wrong. And he, this person would present new numbers, different numbers. So the critical project got extremely delayed and the business leader got really upset. And one day he caught hold of me and he made both of us sit, but he gave a strong feedback to me. That's when I realized I was extremely worried about ex expressing my disagreements with people, was trying to maintain harmony. Mm -hmm. uh, here I was still behaving like a manager and not a leader. And I was not looking beyond my role. I was not looking at a, taking an organizational perspective. I'm more bothered about managing things at my end, but I'm not looking at how it is hurting the organization. So I was not wearing the leadership hat. And in all of this, what was happening, I was unable to demonstrate the ability to express emotions without becoming emotional. I was unable to demonstrate assertiveness. And in the name of teamwork, I was actually tolerating unacceptable behaviors. And I was avoiding 
difficult or high stakes conversations now i told a long story but all of this i could have done only if i had a fairly well developed emotional intelligence which i did not have at that point in time how does one build that i talked about it. become build self awareness be conscious about when and where i miss or mess up with my emotional intelligence and then intentionally practice the uncomfortable and new behaviors that's how i did it thank you thank you so much for sharing so candidly uh, ch and uh, this is one of the traits which i uh, like in you being transparent and candid and uh, getting into this unfiltered conversations no beating around the bush so inspiring now uh, one of the challenges for managers is again shifting from a tactical mindset to strategic one i think we discussed about this uh, a while ago so how can this transition be facilitated within the organizations what can organizations do for successful transition yeah we talked about it but i'll once again reiterate there is nothing yeah. called shifting from manager to leader you remain a manager you have to behave yeah. like a leader so the words i would use is what would one add and where would one become flexible so that one can demonstrate relevant strategic thinking rather than just remain only tactical in one of the roles after i got promoted i think i touched upon it i was still spending a lot of my time managing activities more than things that should be driven with the perspective of the larger organization how do we groom people how do we grow people i was more interested in running numbers filling seats kind of it so instead of spending on what to do to achieve things i think one should invest more time in understanding and investing time on why and some part of how but not just the what if i look at the why how and what i'm i'm sure you know simon shinnick's golden circle i'm just using it very differently the why aspect and how aspect are the slightly higher level thinking why is purpose driven vision that's where i should be investing time or uh, and some portion of how but a lot of times i got indulged in or caught up in day to day details that was my problem and what can organizations do unfortunately sometimes what happens is organizations promote people yet they still treat them like managers only they don't treat them like leaders and interestingly what you also find is the reviews are also like that they are asked questions about the tactical aspect of it not so much on the strategic so here i'll just take a little step back and look at what is strategy first of all you know strategy assumes certain element of ambiguity and there is a possibility of failure or things that may not work and there is a huge element of risk there is a need for focus on bigger picture without getting lost into the rut of the details a lot of times you would have heard people tell i have a strategic plan and you know i i laugh at it because there is nothing called a strategic plan you have either a strategy or you have a plan when you have a plan then when you say you have a strategic plan that means there is no strategy in it you want to make sure it succeeds and in strategy there is no way you succeed always there are certain elements where we fail having said that organizations could actually drive a culture of accepting failure they should be comfortable with certain amount of ambiguity being discussed and also run meetings to structure a strategy and allow the managers to work with their teams to develop the plans and tactics and the other thing which i think is uh, culture has to change right 
the thinking has to change. I, I, it is like, you know, I become 21 year old, but I still behave like a child because my mindset is that of a child. Uh, sometimes I tell my son, now you are a grown up. And sometimes he laughs and tells, when will I be a child with you? You tell me. Because he, he, sometimes we put the kind of pressure on people saying, I want you to behave like a grown up. But you have never helped them the method of transitioning from a child to a grown up. How do you make it easy for them? And what are you measuring them on? If you keep giving gifts like the way you gave it to kids, and then you expect somebody to transition into an adult, doesn't happen. Let me pause. I don't know if I made sense. I lost your voice. Absolutely makes sense. And uh, it is uh, enlightening. In fact, uh, a great one. Now let's uh, move forward and uh, talk about uh, how managers can overcome the fear of failure when stepping into leadership roles and also how organizations can support them in this process. Sure. I talked about some bits of it in my previous one. So the review mechanisms uh, should uh, be around how to overcome fear of failure. That should help people to actually discuss failure with ease. Like the way we are not used to saying, I love you to your mom or dad. At home, in India, at least, we don't say that as often. Uh, And, you know, giving a hug to your spouse in front of your family is a sin. I don't know how many people do that. Uh, Because that that is seen as a very private behavior. But just touching and hugging your wife doesn't mean anything wrong. What I'm talking about is the mindset shift. Failure. Failure is it something, well, you know, you cannot fail is how you are taught. Now, how will you suddenly start appreciating failure? So from that standpoint, the reviews should be around those. And there should be rewards and recognitions around the same. In fact, focus on the journey and not just the results. But a lot of times, results are only given important. So people don't bother about the process of learning and growing. In fact, I know of organizations where it doesn't penalize for failed projects or failed projects, but rewards for learning spec and implemented for better results in the subsequent project. That means people should feel comfortable to come out and tell I failed and not just organizations. Uh, I'll make a switch here. And But the individuals assuming the role should invest time to identify what causes me to fear failure and develop consciousness of when and how I fall into the trap of the fear of failure and intentionally practice the uncomfortable behaviors. I mean, maybe try some low-risk items. Let me give you a quick example. In one of my roles, um, one, one of the managers actually told me to practice assertiveness. And, and I started it with him. And one of my leaders wanted me to learn prioritization. And he said, every day morning when you come, 15 minutes, don't do anything from yesterday, plan. And he gave me permission saying, even if I call, you have the right not to pick the phone. And those days, it was it used to be the telephone on the on the table no mobile phone i'm talking 94 94. so he encouraged me to say no to his calls during that 15 minutes and in one of the meetings when we were planning some execution of what are a few things that we could be done we were brainstorming and my leader asked what can we do as we went into it my leader stopped me and said ch I see you go on saying, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. You can do many things. But my question is, should you do it? So I think giving yourself the permission not to do everything is a big deal. Why should I spend my time on it when somebody can do it equal to and better than me? And even if they don't do it better than me, some some things should not be done in my leadership role. That's how I need to look at it. 
So can and should is the two. Can I do? Yes. Should I do? Maybe no. Fantastic. So can you also share a success story of a manager, okay, who is also a great leader at General Electric or any other organization or from your training sessions and what can we learn from their journey? I remember this one person who was operationally extremely strong. And he was so strong that carrying his diary, he will be able to do appraisal of all his 20 team. And anything you missed with him, you cannot mess around because he has a record of it in his diary. He is operationally that strong. He will ask you, who when, who will do this? I will do it. When you say that, he will start moving the slide, pages. Then he'll ask, when will you do it? You say Tuesday. On Tuesday, that which Tuesday you'll ask? On that day, he'll put your name and he will write that task. Like that, he'll finish meetings in like 10 minutes. He will discuss 20 things in 10 minutes. He was so strong operationally. Exactly on Tuesday, you will get a call. SEH, you were supposed to do this. Where are we on this? Then you say, no, I didn't do this. And in fact, I, I don't mind saying his name. His name is Faisal. Maybe you also would know him. He used to work for G Capital, but now he's in Synchrony. He's a role model for me. I mean, there are many, but I'm just taking his example because my comfort level with him is so much more higher. And he won't kill me because I talked about him. As he went through it, you know, he, he would, if you missed something, he would go back and say, hey, this is important, no? Why did you miss it? Okay, when will you complete it? He'll once again move the pages, write it down. If anything moved three times, fourth time, you'll get it as a feedback. And then that goes into your appraisal. Amazing operational approach. But few, you know, years later, he became business leader and he started doing the same thing. Then people are very worried to talk to him because, oh, now there is a record of what you said. So, in fact, people went back and gave him feedback to get rid of the diary. You have to stop getting into such details. And once you are in a business leader, you need to have broader view rather than one deep view. Right? It's like a letter T. You need to have breadth and depth. You have depth. That's the reason you are strong in one area. But you need to have breadth. And you can't get into details of everything. You should trust others will do. Mm. So now... By not writing that, but still casually asking, you show trust in people saying, even if I don't have a record, you will talk to me. Because a leader should show that trust. So I think he got rid of it, his diary. And then this man was amazing. He was not one of these persons in a call center kind of background who would go and tell, hey, how how are you doing? If you don't do that, employees feel bad. If you don't go hug them, they'll think he's not people centric. But he was very different. He would set up an alarm for himself, walk on the floor, build some uncomfortable habits for him so that he becomes comfortable with them. And over a period of time, he would actually get into conversations which you normally don't expect him to get into uh, and is comfortable to share failures, give that opportunity for team to talk. And eventually he grew to become a senior vice president and now he's an executive leader in the company. And uh, he's a role model for many people. That's how he transitioned from a pure manager into a leader. Super. Fantastic. And uh, we had uh, an incredible conversation so far and it's now time to add some more excitement. So CH, get ready as we dive into a series of intriguing rapid fire questions to spice up the episode further. If you're ready, let's dive in. (laughs) <laughs> sure i don't know what does it mean to be ready i don't know you ask me <laughs> ready let to me answer <laughs> let me see okay here comes the first question out of the rapid fire uh if you could have one gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it what would it say believe in self and facilitate believe in others to 
accomplish things wow believe in self and facilitate in others to accomplish so powerful and what is one thing you are really ba- bad at that you wish you were better at forget better i want to be good at business <laughs> thinking i have i've learned abcd in that but if you actually make me sit down for a business conversation uh, i don't think i do a good job so business thinking is something which i really need to become better can you describe yourself in just one word i'll use a hyphenated word mm-hmm. achieving learner that's how i look at myself this super and uh, what is your favorite thing about living in 21st century i think learning agility is a big deal and if you could have one superpower what would it be and why i want to have an emotional intelligence switch <laughs> and last one for the rapid fire what is one fantasy gadget that you would like to invent yourself other than the superpower part or see in the market ha huh. so i want uh, navin or somebody like them to have a gadget with buttons when you press on the switch the thinking between brainstorming and decision making processes can be switched because why i'm saying that is when people are brainstorming generally they become judgmental so to stop that there should be a switch the moment in, then the brain can only think so the neuron should be connected the brain circuit should be accordingly done mm. awesome and uh, let's flip back to the mainstream as an organizational development leader what advice would you give to aspiring managers who aim to become effective leaders i think looking at different things i told let maybe i'll random list i will run yep. through you can ask me to stop whenever identify the reasons for you to be a manager of people first of all and then what is that you are expected to do when you transition into a leadership role three uh, believe you are in the role for a reason so trust your team and don't compete with them be comfortable with smarter people around you because you can't be good at everything so feel internally secure only then you will stop worrying about others beating you in competition uh, you need to learn continuously learn to unlearn the one thing which i repeatedly went on telling is become aware be conscious and be intentional fabulous i thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, these are all some actionable insights and uh, The last one before I let you go. How is your experience being hosted on the Guiding Voice platform? Oh, no, first of all, Naveen, thank you so much. I know this was a long pending one, and this time I was very, uh, very, very selfish. That's the reason I stuck <laughs> this conversation with you, and I wanted to do this. And then you said, "Let us do it." So I see a lot of thought has gone into crafting these questions, and while delivering. a child is an experience any ch- number of child children that is an experience but the first experience is always unique mm. and uh, this is the first podcast ever in my life so this is very dear to my heart <laughs> i'm privileged <laughs> i can always go see chs than his first ever podcast on the guiding voice all right thank you so <laughs> CH I think this will be one of the most memorable conversations and most insightful conversations that I have ever had on the guiding voice put together in all the three languages Hindi English and Telugu and I am feeling overwhelmed I am super excited thank you so much for being part of the 
guiding my journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe and really appreciate uh, you taking time and sharing your insights with my community pleasure and thanks for inviting me and of course it made me think and go back into places where i messed up so that is the easier story to tell for me <laughs> talking about others not doing is easy but at least <laughs> nobody can complain about this because i messed up such a humble note such a humble note and uh, thanks again uh, friends that was our episode with dr srinivas chiravuri akka ch and before we dive into the exciting trivia section we have a small request for you if you haven't already we kindly invite you to subscribe to our podcast from wherever you are listening or you are watching this because by subscribing you will stay updated with our latest episodes ensuring you never miss out on valuable content and if you have enjoyed this episode and found it beneficial we would be grateful if you could share it with at least three of your friends or colleagues or family members who can benefit from the guiding voice please spread the knowledge and empower others also to learn and grow just like you and your support means a lot not only will your friends gain new insights but we will also gain new subscribers allowing us to continue producing valuable content for you and our growing community thanks in advance for your support now let's embark on this journey of knowledge together all right let's hop into the trivia segment and today's trivia is about 21st century leadership having got a lot of nuances about what leadership is versus what leadership is versus what management is and when to use which card right we should not be overplaying or underplaying any of those as ch has rightly advised i thought i would present you a few facts related to this 21st century leadership first one is inclusive leadership and here the inclusive concept is that inclusivity and fairness are central to 21st century leadership you know inclusive leaders promote a culture where every individual's contributions are valued leading to increased engagement as well as innovation and second most important one is digital leadership because the digital age has reshaped leadership skills and leaders today need to be digitally literate irrespective of what background they are coming from and irrespective of which function they are leading because they should be able to leverage technology data and analytics in order to drive strategic decisions and third one is servant leadership this is something which is popularized from agile and the world of scrum the idea here is leaders are servants to their teams and it has this has gained a lot of tra- traction and servant leaders prioritize that well-being as well as development of their team members fostering a positive and supportive work environment and last but not the least global leadership again this has gained a lot of significance india has given lot of leaders to the world if you observe the top ceos many of top ceos from are from india and globalization has expanded the scope of leadership beyond borders and leaders in the 21st century need cross cultural understanding and also the ability to manage teams and projects across different regions and time zones so folks before i let you go i would like to hear from you who is that inspiring leader who has significantly turned around the business or who has really delivered exceptionally well or who has changed the fate of face of the organization or business and not only that who had instilled the growth mindset amongst yourselves so i would love to hear from you 
in the form of youtube comments or if you have found this episode any on any other social media platform request you to comment there definitely i'm going to review them and talk about it in future episodes and that's a wrap for today we sincerely appreciate you for taking time to tune in and also being part of our incredible community folks we would also love to hear from you your feedback and ideas mean the world to us do not hesitate to share your topic recommendations and also suggestions for guest speakers through our vibrant social media channels or you can also drop me an email at theguidingvoiceforyou@gmail.com together we can create content that truly resonates with you i'm your host navin samala a dedicated professional and an insatiable learner and my mission is to make the world a better place through meaningful conversations that have a lasting impact on your life and also on your career stay connected with us as we continue this enlightening journey together until we meet again take care stay inspired and remember the best is yet to come bye bye for now and see you all in the next episode with another amazing guest take care